By definition, an antenna is a metal whip designed to receive and transmit radio signals within a given area. It's BS in the Morning on KSLQ and Westplex 107.1. The summer, we have to get through this, the winter first, right, Shelley? Yeah. Where you been? You've been you're late this morning. I <laughs> didn't think I was late. I'm kidding. Uh, 628, we're having a little bit of an issue here, technical issue. That's why we're a little bit late on the air this morning. And I'm not, you know, I'm not the kind of person that would, you know, point fingers, but it's all Shelly's fault. Uh, it all. usually is. <laughs> that's, that's why all. he never lets me touch the buttons. I got a new promo for you. You do? Another new one. <laughs> Dare I say play? Yeah, hold on a minute. Let me get it up here. Uh, that's what she said, right? Hold on. Yeah, okay. that is what okay. she okay. said. Hold on a minute. Okay, hold on. Put this in. Put this in right there. Okay, you ready? Sure. Okay, this is even better than the other one. Seriously, you ready? Listen carefully now, okay? I am. Okay, here we go. We love listening to Shelly in my country. Hi, this is Bob. Shelly is amazing. Did you hear what she said the other day? I'm actually kind of smart, but not really. And then she said... I was all kerfuffled. That Shelly makes me, how do you say, bust a stomach. You can hear Shelly live on Westplex 107.1 from 12 to 1400 GMT or you can listen to Shelly anytime on BS.show. Shelly, you are the cat's croak. I'm the what? Cat's croak. Cat's crow? Cat's croak. What does that mean? <laughs> Just like bust the stomach? You don't get it? Oh, you mean bust the gut? Yeah, well, he says bust the stomach. Oh, that's funny. And, so, And the cat's meow, but the cat, you are the cat's croak. You don't get it? Uh-uh. You're the cat's meow? Yeah. Okay, but what does the does it what what croaks a frog? Get it? Is it am, am, is this too deep for you? <laughs> it 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 clearly must be. Okay, it's a joke. He says bust the stomach instead of bust the gut, Fred, and then he I says, understand. and then he says you're the cat's croak instead of meow. He says cat's croak. Oh, okay. <laughs> so are you gonna spend? Are you going to explain this in another? Um. <laughs> Hold it. I'm just getting 42 texts at the same time. Yeah, I know. Brad, I understand. You don't have to explain it. Ha ha, funny, funny. Here's another one. Brad, that's so funny. Bust the stomach. Ho, oh, cats, you were cats croak. Ho, oh, funny, funny. Apparently the listeners got it, Shelly. I got like another 40 texts just came in. Oh, you do not. Oh, here's another one. Come on, Shelly. Don't you know what bust the stomach means? They all, they all know. I think it's funny. Okay. <laughs> you don't like it. I don't understand it. Okay. I guess one of those but things. But that was so funny. One of those things where if you have to explain, it's like if it's humor. If you have to explain it, it's not funny, right? Kind of, yeah. Yeah. So I guess it's not funny. Oh well, I'll call Bob. The other one from the day, other day was funny. I'll call Bob. Like and, funny, ha ha. But you didn't say. He says. He says. We listen to Shelly in my country. Hi, this is Bob. You didn't think that was funny? I did. <laughs> so you find no humor at all in that whole thing? <laughs> I did. I'm slaving over a hot microphone and a hot computer putting these things together, and you're like, I don't get it. Explain it to me. Well, I didn't get that one, but I got the one before. That's what she said. Okay. <laughs> she did. <laughs> okay. <laughs> 
Uh, anyway, lots of stuff going on. And, and you know what? Here we go again. I'm going to put on my traffic reporter hat. Okay, ready for oh, this? yes. Okay. It hasn't rained in a while. So you know what that means? It means the roads are going to be really slick. Well, all that crazy oil comes up from the roads. So when you're driving around this morning, it's supposed to... The, uh, the rain's supposed to end next hour, and I think that's pretty much for it for the day. Let's look at this. Yeah, I think it's, yeah, I think the rain's supposed to end at least by 9 o'clock this morning. It shouldn't be raining anymore. But at least through morning drive, at least most of it, it will be raining. So please be careful out there. Uh, and don't drive like Shelly. You know, you know what I'm saying? D-D-L-S. Matter of fact, I don't know if you know this is a true story, but what... Shelly, the last time she met with Chris Highfill, he went out to her car and he put a chicken wing on the roof of her car. And and then he mumbled something. And and so Shelly goes, Chris, what did you just do? He says, well, uh, you know, I'm, I'm trying to take care of you because I know the way you drive. And she says, well, you put a chicken wing on the top of my car and then you said something. And he says, well, I said a prayer. And Shelly says, why did you do that? He goes, now you're driving on a wing and a prayer. <laughs> you're just looking for redemption, aren't you? <laughs> yeah, from Chris. <laughs> did you, that was funny. Did you get that one? I did. <laughs> that was cute. Okay. Uh, 633. Uh, you know, there's this, there's this bizarre stuff going on. I feel whoever owns the armory, you know, this is the new, if you go Highway 40, you know what I'm talking about. On the elevated section of Highway 40 coming out of downtown, the armory building is right there behind, uh, sort of near where the where the big Budweiser animator billboard is, the, the, the eagle flying billboard, okay? Big old monster building, been there for decades, decades, decades. I think it dates back to the 30s, and literally, they don't have it like this anymore, but it was the place where they, they kept the guns and where the soldiers went. And in case they needed to send soldiers off the war, they went to the armory and they gave them guns and away they went. Okay, not exactly like that, but that's what, you know, it's called an armory and there is reason it's called armory because they had arms there, okay? Somebody bought it, fixed it up, and put all sorts of neat stuff inside, games and things like that, like a night spot, like a go-to, like a date kind of place, stuff like that. Since the day it's opened, they're having trouble with people breaking into cars in the parking lot, okay? And I'm thinking to myself, how is this so impossible they can't fix this because i said the other day we need to put a bait car in there you know have a like have a cop sit in the back seat you know cover him up with like a cover it looks like somebody's got a blanket laying in the back seat and when somebody smashes in the window he jumps up with a gun and says hands up i'm not gonna shoot and the guy would say well if you're not gonna shoot i'm just gonna run away and steal the stuff anyway no but i mean the idea now they're talking about putting an eight foot fence around the parking lot i'm going like god you know (laughs) Don't you wonder why the city can't do something about this crime problem? But here's the interesting thing. The mayor of, not the mayor, the police chief of Washington, D.C. had a speech yesterday, and now he's being criticized by the people of D.C., or at least the politicians in D.C. Why is he being criticized? Take a guess. Are you there? Yeah, I am. Sorry okay. about that. Okay, why is the police chief being being criticized for what he said yesterday in a speech? Actually, a press conference kind of deal. What did he say? He essentially said, the problem with crime in Washington, D.C. is repeat offenders. 
And he said the average person who's arrested for murder has already been arrested 11 times. So in other words, 11 times they've been arrested for other crimes and they're still out in the street and then they commit a murder. So you're going like, no, hold on a minute now. Why don't we... Why don't you ask Kim Gardner that? Well, this that's not her deal. She's not in D.C. This is the police chief in D.C. And I know, but she could get some well, pointers that work. Make, it doesn't make any sense. Like, we talked to, to Pinky yesterday. I mean, it's just to the point where it's like, okay. <laughs> I listened to that interview. I edited up the interview yesterday. And one point he says, he, and it's pretty funny, he said, Kim Gardner skipped over 6,000 cases to prosecute him and his wife. And I'm going like, you know what? I never thought about that. She did. She skipped over 6,000 cases, including rapes, murders, armed robberies, shootings, stabbings, to prosecute him and his wife because... Is that white privilege? I think it's, I think it's, it's, it's white, it's, it's white unprivileged. You're oh, like okay. unprivileged, you know? I mean, like, oh God, this whole thing. Is, and you know what's crazy about it is people have forgotten the teachings of Martin Luther King. I mean, what's his classic... I agree with that. What's his classic quote? It's not, it shouldn't be based on the color of your skin, but the content of your character. Your character. I mean, yep. I mean, doesn't that say it all? Doesn't that say that there's white people that are scumbum, there's black people that are scumbums, there's Indian people who are scums, you know? I mean, there's just... But yet, you have wonderful white people, wonderful black people, wonderful, wonderful Indian people, wonderful name a race, name a religion, they're wonderful people, you know? But yet... What happens is each, you know, I mean, it's like, for example, they talk about, you know, crime in the country. Okay. Well, crime in the country, you go out to like, you know, places like, you know, Washington County in Missouri or places like that. It's not black people causing problems. It's white people. It's white people who are cooking up meth and stealing cars and breaking into houses. You know what I mean? It's not black people. It's white people. But they're not good white people. They're scummy white people. You know what I'm saying? And by the way, why does every community like to call themselves the meth capital of the United States? You don't know how many times I read these articles. It's like in so-and-so county in Georgia, known as the meth capital of the United States, they said that about, they've said that about Jefferson County, they've said that about Franklin County, they've said that about Warren County, they've said that about Lincoln County, all the counties around the St. Louis area, and, and even to the point where I even heard somebody call St. Charles County the meth county. I'm going like, okay, remember, you and I have gone to Chamber of Commerce meetings where Kyle, where your, your other, your other, your brother, Kyle, I mean, your, your, your other, your son, you have a son and a daughter, you have Tiffany Gaines and Kyle Gaines, and right? Isn't that the way it works? Sure. <laughs> Anyway, Kyle Gaines, who's well, he's like the head PR, the he's, he's the comms guy for SCAD, for SCAD, which is the St. Charles County Ambulance District. Okay, yeah. What does he say the problem in St. Charles County is? Remember this? He talks about this all the time. Um, opioids. Exactly. It's opioids, which are like you know the oxycontin kind of stuff, all that kind of weird, you know, you know, medicine, you know, that kind of stuff. He says that's what it is in St. Charles County. Not not meth. It's now some people say, well, it's the same stuff. No, it's not. Methamphetamine and opioids are different things. Um, but yet, you know, once again, oh, the, and why is that a badge of honor to call yourself the meth capital of the United States? I read an article just the other day. Some city in in it was in Alabama. Well, this is the meth capital of the United States. No, no, it's not the. No, we've got it right here in the St. Louis area. It's Jefferson County. It's Franklin County. It's Lincoln County. It's Warren County. Well, how can they all be the meth capital? Well, there's lots of meth to go around. I don't get it. First off, they say meth, you take it once and you're hooked. Why would you take it? 
and you see these people who are meth heads, they're 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 teeth fall out and they look I've like I've often often wondered that. Why if you if someone says, "Hey, if you drink this drink, your your ears will fall off and your nose will become clogged up and you have to breathe through your mouth for the rest of your your life and you'll never be able to smell anything." Well, hell, give me that drink. Let me mouth dr- breather. Let me drink that. <laughs> you know, like it's they say, you know what they say the last words of a redneck are? Uh, get out of my truck. No. Hey, watch this. Oh, <laughs> that's funny. There's there's all these video compilation compilations, whatever you want to call it, on YouTube of like you know, like the ones that always crack me up are the guys that decide they're going to tear down their barn and they hook like a big old chain to one of the big supports of their barn and then they hook the other end to the axle of their truck. And then they put it in drive, and they drive off real fast. And instead of the bar fall, the barn falling down, the rear axle of their truck gets ripped out. You know what I'm saying? It's like, okay, didn't think of that one, did you? You thought that you're just going to drive that, put that thing in drive, pop the clutch, whatever it is, and just drive off, and bang, you're going to yank that support beam out of the barn, and the whole barn's going to fall down. Not- well, that's usually because it doesn't. it's on blocks. What's on? The truck's on blocks? Uh-huh. No, no, these trucks are working trucks. No. You know, they're actually, you know, ones that have engines in them. And <laughs> oh, that actually run. Yes. You know, that oh. kind of stuff. You know. They, Technicality, they, really. They had actually move. I, I watched this thing on, on I, you know, I'm a nerd. I watch all this kind of stuff. And Jay Leno is back. And by the way, I saw this fascinating Jay Leno video. Do you, do you know before he burnt himself? You know, he was almost killed in a motorcycle accident? I, I didn't know, first of all, that he burnt himself. And second... You don't know no, about. No, I didn't know that. Well, well, you don't know about the 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 burnt the burnt the the accident he had where he burnt his face and his chest and stuff like that. No, that happened. I think last year, late last year, like in October, November, something like that. He was, you know, he's he's got this thing called Jay Leno's Garage. Pretty interesting. I tricky name. He actually hired a consultant to say, "Hey, I got this garage. I got these cars. What should I call it?" And, the, and he wrote him a check for a hundred thousand dollars. And the guy came back, "Jay, we've got the perfect name for your garage." Yeah, what is it? Jay Leno's garage. Oh, thank you so much. I never could have thought of it myself. Anyway, he was working yeah. he was working in some kind of a car and the fuel line broke or something like that and gasoline fell on him and it got ignited and his face burnt and he had really bad burns on his face and his chest and his arms the whole bit. And so so I'm watching this this episode of his on YouTube last night where he's he has a Duesenberg. You know what a Duesenberg is? I do. Duesenberg was these incredible old cars. They were only built for a short period of time. And he talks about how he's rebuilding another Duesenberg and he's bought a used Duesenberg engine. And an engine in a crate, great big old monstrous thing. And it's not all there. Parts of it missing, the blocks cracked, the whole bit. I think he said he paid like $350,000 for it. Wow. Yes, just for an engine. And then he has this table of parts that maybe has like 12 parts in it. And he says, you're probably not going to believe it, but that's $50,000 worth of parts. So then he walks over to this motorcycle and he's talking about, you know, what he's doing, he's walking around his garage and talking about all the projects they're working on for 2023. And he's talking about how this they're going to rebuild this Duesenberg engine. It's going to take probably a couple years. And then he goes over and shows this other car that they've been working on for three years, and it's almost done. And then he goes over to this motorcycle, which is a chief motorcycle. Now chiefs are back again. Or no, it was, it was Indian. An Indian. Might have Indian, been a, yeah. Might have been a chief. They are. I, th- I thought they had chief motorcycles, too. Anyway, it was a motorcycle, and it was a sidecar. 
And you know what I'm talking about, motorcycle with a sidecar, right? Yes, I do. He said he was... Our friend Scott Ellinger, yeah. he has a sidecar. Does he really? Uh-huh. Okay, so he says he was out driving in this motorcycle. They worked on it. He was trying to get it fixed. And he started to have a problem. It started to have a fuel leak. So he's, you know, he, and he's talking about, you know, hey, you've got to get back to the shop right away. So he does a U-turn, and he decides to take a shortcut back to the shop, and he goes through a parking lot. The only problem was the parking lot on one end of it had a steel cable across it so people couldn't get into the parking lot. So he hits this steel cable, and it catches him right in the neck. And it, oh my goodness! It knocks him off the motorcycle. The motorcycle keeps going because he said that when when he hit the the steel cable, it literally pulled him off the motorcycle. He went you know backwards off the motorcycle. Mozart motorcycle kept going, went across this parking lot because the motorcycle went under the steel cable, but he was sticking up above the motorcycle. You know, obviously the steel cable was like a, probably three feet in the air, so it caught him right in the neck. Right. And it broke his collarbone and broke three ribs, and he's got a concussion. And it and his arms out of the socket, and I'm going like, how come nobody talked about that? Hey, okay, <laughs> evil Knievel. I'm going like, and it's funny because that man broke every bone in his body. It's funny because his line is, he says, you know, he says because I'm I'm a young man of 72. If I were older, I probably would have been more severely injured. I'm thinking to myself, okay, love that line. <laughs> if he were young, if he were older, he's 72. So. <laughs> It's, I, I see if I can find this this story. And I'm thinking to myself, man, this guy is, I thought I beat myself up. This guy's got me beat. You know, he catches on face, his face on fire, you know, hits a steel cable on a motorcycle, knocks him off. And the whole deal was he's showing the motorcycle how the sidecar, the front of the sidecar smashed in and the forks broke and broke and the whole bit. And then he talks about something which I forgot about, which used to be a real big problem because these were all the hot rodders did it. And it's, and it's weird. This is Nerdville. You ready for this? Hydrogen embrittlement. I don't know what that means. You don't know what hydrogen embrittlement is? No. Oh, my God. Did you used to work for the FAA? I did. Did you used to? Do you, do you drive a car still? That's on the driver's license test. Question number three on the Missouri driver's license test. What is hydrogen embrittlement and how should you no, avoid it? No, it's not. It is. No, it's not. Don't believe him. <laughs> Permit drivers. Just ignore. Yes, Brad. Will, okay. Uh, so you don't know what that is? No, what is it? Oh, I bet you, I bet you, I if, if I, I throw my phone number out there. Here's my phone number. You can text me, 314-280-8880, 314-280-8880. I will tell you, I bet you I get 40 texts. People know exactly what that is. Okay. Waiting. They're coming in right now. We have to take uh-huh. a break. I'm going to read them all. 647. Yep. Look what you made me do, Shelly. You, I'm, I'm, you know, I've only said that once in that entire song. Gosh, tra- Taylor Swift. She, if she charges by this, the word, she's a millionaire. You know what I'm saying? Yes. Anyway, hydrogen embrittlement. I've had 36 people tell me exactly what, and they, they have agreed to me. Three people with their learner's permit says, thanks, Brad. I checked, and you're right. That is on the driver's license test. It is not. <laughs> Stop it. Okay. I snorted again. I'm sorry. Yes, okay. you did. I'm reading this article. I'm I'm so tired of hearing about the royal family, King Charles. Here's the title of the article. King Charles offers Meghan Markle, Prince Harry, a lifeline following eviction 
blowback expert. Okay. He evicted them from their residence that they own, what they own, the, you know, the, the, the king owns all the residents, the, you know, he evicted them from Frogmore Cottage. Okay, I'm sorry, but is that like something out of Harry Potter? It's the fro- I was just going to think the it's, same thing. It's the Frogmore College Cottage. Yeah, right. Harry Potter. That's on Chapter Three. You know, Paragraph Six. Okay. So I'm reading this. I'm going like, okay. See, he's going to be coronated as king. The official coronation is May sixth. So the controversy has been well. If Meghan and her prince husband, you know, come to the coronation, which they may not, where do they stay? Because they don't have their Frogmore Cottage anymore. So the story is that the king, Charles III, is going to give them a suite of apartments, an apartment suite at Buckingham Palace, so that where they're in town, they can hang out at their suite. Now, get this. Uh, oh, they don't like her because of whatever the reasons, but they're going to allow her in the palace. Well, here, let me read this. Um, this is this is the expert. This is the guy who is the royal expert. He says, "Quote: There's been a bit of blowback over the king's decision to evict the Sussexes from Frogmore Cottage, and the last thing Charles wants to look like is a heartless landlord. The king also needs to throw Harry a lifeline." a place where he can bring his family and feel safe if at the last minute the Sussexes decide to show up for the coronation. Okay, isn't don't they, don't they have red roof inns in, in England? I mean, can't he stay at Motel 8? I mean, you know, like if someone invited you to, let's say, your friend who you work with the FAA in St. Louis moved to San Diego and they invited and their daughter is getting married and they said, hey, Shelly, we'd love to have you come to San Diego for our our daughter's marriage, wouldn't you expect you'd have to get a hotel room, right? Would you expect that they would say, well, you don't have a cottage for me to stay in, or you don't have a couple of, of suite of apartments, or suite of, of, of uh, you know, apartment suite for me at your your palace in, 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 in San Diego? See, this is the crazy thing about this is why you look at things like this and this whole Meghan Markle, Prince Harry thing. And of course, look at look at me. I'm talking about it. But it's just stupid, stupid, stupid. Because it's like it's like the funny thing is if you go watch that South Park, <laughs> the South Park, uh, you know, spoof on them. It's so funny because they walk into a TV show carrying, carrying signs, leave us alone, you know, <laughs> don't bother us, you know. And in other words, they're on, they're, on, they're on Oprah. You know, that's the whole idea. They're on Oprah saying, we don't want people to bother us. We, we want to be private people. We don't want to be in the public. And okay. they shouldn't have told people they were coming to the U.S. Well, they, they shouldn't be living, where, where they, they live in Montecito, which is like the richest zip code in California, that's where Oprah lives. When they did their interview, they had. So they, is the the. Uh, no, Beverly Hills. I don't think is is rich at zip code anymore. That wasn't what I was going to say. You were going to say, Brad, you're the stupidest guy in the world. Shut up. No, I wouldn't say the first part, but I would tell you to shut up. <laughs> okay, but that's well, not what I was. Gonna say what were either. you going to say? Go ahead. Well, <laughs> I can't remember it now. <laughs> 
You did that on purpose. <laughs> no, God, go ahead. Say say what you're going to say. I'm not I gonna, don't remember. I'm not going to be like Nancy Pelosi and, you know, and say, you can't say and that. Tear it up. <laughs> right. Tear up the speech. <laughs> That was so bad. Yesterday, we talked about this yesterday morning, that Tucker Carlson went on his show, what was it, Monday night, and had all this video footage. You know, he's got the 40,000 hours. What's his face? Who gave it to him? Um, I can't remember. All these these politicians. They all look and sound the same to me now. Um, Anyway, one of the politicians in D.C. gave gave, uh, Tucker Carlson 40,000 hours of the Capitol security video from January 6th. And Tucker Carlson's playing the video with the shaman, you know, the the QAnon shaman, the dude with with the painted face and the horn head on, you know, uh, and, and he's just walking around. And literally, I saw parts of this, literally... The Capitol Police are showing him. They're like tour guides. Hey, look at that painting over there. They're pointing out things. I'm going like, doesn't look too violent to me. So Chuck Schumer goes on TV yesterday and says, this is terrible. You know, that that, that was terrible. January 6th was horrible. You know, and, and they're cherry picking. There? What's that? Was he even I, there? I, I guess. I don't know. I mean, the whole thing is just, you know, and what's interesting is, if you listen to like Tracy's station, uh-huh. there, there's a name that keeps coming up on Tracy's station, <laughs> and it's not Tracy Ellis. The name that keeps coming up is Ray Epps, E P P S. Okay. Yeah. Have you heard that name before? I have. And why have you heard that name before? Well, that might be Ron Epps. No. <laughs> No, in relation to the to January 6th thing, have you ever heard anybody talk about Ray Epps? No. Okay. <laughs> this thing is so crazy. Ray Epps, they're almost positive, is an undercover FBI agent who was there. Why would you announce that on the radio, Brad? Well, no, 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 no. I, I, hey, Tracy's been talking about it for two years now. Ray Epps, well, Ray Epps. So Matter of fact, you're going to get me started you, on her. You go, you go to their studios. One of the studios is the Ray Epps Memorial Studio. So, oh, stop it. <laughs> we have to take a break at 6.59. You're so full of it. I like the way a song ends. People are screaming, and then the music just stops. Like something happened to him, right? That's kind of deep, yeah, but sure. <laughs> it is BS.show706. Uh, I'm Shelly. She's Brad. I'm just reading an email from some guy who's saying that he knows exactly what hydrogen embrittlement is. So anyway, uh, we'll move on. Uh, Shelly, you really don't know what that is? It's on the driver's license test. You, honest to God, don't know what hydrogen... It is not on the driver's license test. It is. Test. It's one of the most important things. Driving a car, if you don't know what hydrogen embrittlement is, you're in trouble. Okay. <laughs> okay. Can I vent about something? The smartest woman in the world sent this to me. And this is what is frustrating to me about how government can get away with things that we can't get away with okay now i'm going to give you an example let's say we had a contest and we said hey if you call in at 805 on march 8th which is today and i'm this is hypothetical you know disclaimer 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 hypothetical okay if you call in to westplex 107.1 on March 8th at 8.05, and you have the phrase that pays, and you are the 14th caller to our request lines on March 8th at 8.05, and you have the phrase that pays, you get $10,000. That's 
10 with three zeros after it or one with four zeros after it. $10,000. Okay, so let's say the contest winner, we run the contest, and the 14th caller has the phrase that pays, and we said, you've won $10,000. So, and they say, you have to come Is to the studios. like a million, billion <laughs> yeah, it's dollars? Like, right, it's like a like Exactly, okay. And you have to come to the studio, and you have to pick up the check, because we're going to be, we'll give you one of those big checks. You know, like they have the big checks, the like people uh-huh. hold the big checks. So, the, the lucky 14th caller shows up at the studio, and... We get we get the press there and Channel Five and Channel Two and Channel Eleven and Tracy Ellis is there with her news crew and they're all there and and we say hey here's here's Georgette Smith and she just won the ten thousand dollar Westplex one hundred seven contest and we hold up the check and instead of the check saying ten thousand dollars it says four thousand six hundred eighty five dollars and twenty two cents and somebody says uh hey hold on a minute I thought. You were giving away $10,000. And the winner, Georgette, goes, yeah, I thought I was getting $10,000. Well, well, yeah, we said it was $10,000, but you have to consider the the uh, the uh, ascended value of future value provenance of inverted cash flow and, 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 and treasury insurrection. And you go, what the hell is that? Well, $10,000 doesn't mean $10,000. Okay? Now... That's a dramatized version of what I'm going to talk about. The winner of the $2.04 billion lottery has come forward. But instead of winning $2.04 billion, they only get $997 million. Less than half. I'm going like, okay, I call foul on that one. Okay, you get less than half. But the government can do that. So in other words, the government, hey, it's the $2 billion lottery. You can win the $2 billion lottery. But when you get, and here, they are, here they're giving the check away. And what's interesting is the check says $2.04 billion, but that's not what they get. They get $997.6 million. How can they get away with that? Now, I know the smartest woman in the world is like is like groaning right now because she's 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 this whiz with numbers and she's going to and you know it's been explained before that if you take the 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 one the one you know the lump sum payment one payment things like that that here matter of fact thinks that's her texting me hold on here we go yes uh, government has nothing to do with lottery. No, that's not, that's not true because the gov- it's the government lottery. It's tell the tell the the legislators in the state of Missouri they have nothing to do with the lottery because of the fact that the money goes to the government. Okay, so it's based on actuarial tables that the real jackpot is is you get I don't know so many so much for thirty years. Okay, now let's think about that. The government is the government is scamming people already because most of the people that play the lottery are at least eighty years old, so they don't have thirty years, right? I mean, unless they lived to one hundred and ten, there are a few people that lived to one hundred and ten, but not many. Okay, is it transferable on death? I don't think it is. Huh? I think that's the crazy thing. It's sort of like it's sort of like Social Security, another scam from the government. Okay, if you work all your life, your entire life, let's say you're a single guy, you never get married. You work all your entire life. You put money in Social Security, and the the day you turn 65, and you're going like, "Oh, I'm 65. I'm going to start claiming my Social Security." And you walk out in front of your car or in your, front of your house. You hit by a truck, and you're killed. 
there's no money coming to you and there's no money coming to your family because if you were married it would go to your wife and i think even if you're divorced it would go to your ex-wife but if you have no i think this is the way it works if you have no marital ties in other words you've never been married uh, unless you've been married and living together unless you haven't been married but have been living together for seven years. Okay, but let's say in Missouri. Let's say it's some it's some dude who's living by himself, never been married, has no kids. Okay, his 65th birthday, he's all excited. He's going to go down to the Social Security Administration and fill out the forms and start getting Social Security. He walks out in front of his house, gets hit by a truck. He's not getting any money. So what's happened? The government just keeps it. Eh, you, you paid in for 45 years. Eh, thank you very much, you sucker. You know we got your money and nobody's getting it. We're keeping it. I think that's the way it works. Sounds in like half the for pro- excuse me. Sounds like half the for profit uh, businesses okay. do the same thing. This is why we call the the smartest woman in the world the smartest woman in the world. This is what she sends me: the Multi State Lottery Association (MUSL) is an American not for profit government benefit association owned and operated by agreement of its thirty four member lotteries. MUSL was created to facilitate the operation of multi-jurisdictional lottery games, most notably Powerball. Okay, well, guess who gets the money? It's the states. You know, God, don't you love... Here, let me read that again. Multi-state... Missouri... (laughs) It's okay, we'll wait. This is why she's the smartest woman in the world. Next text. Missouri reviser, a revision of statutes, revised statutes of Missouri, RSMO section 313.283, uh, 313.285, prizes not assignable except to revocable living trusts are personal custodian requirements, death of prize winner, how prize is paid. So in other words, they're saying prizes are not assignable except to revocable living trusts. So if you put your you put your lottery winnings into a revocable living trust, then they have to pay out. But otherwise, when you die, guess what? You don't get any money. You know, Oprah. Oprah's. You know, she's. Matter of fact, there's a new there's a new special where I don't know if you know about that. New new special comes out that Oprah's doing a special for the Powerball, and she's talking about you know there and and what happens is pretty interesting. A guy, I saw the preview on this. Pretty interesting. Uh-huh. Guy. You're going, oh, what are you talking about? The guy uh-huh. the guy wins the lottery. <laughs> he's on stage with Oprah, and he's, like, all excited. And he once again, he's like a single guy, never been married. And he walks up on stage, and he's about ready to get the lottery check. And just as he walks up on stage, he trips and falls and breaks his neck, and he dies on the stage. And Oprah says, and you don't get any lottery money, and you don't get any lottery money, and you don't get any lottery money, and you don't get any lottery money. Oh, you're funny. <laughs> Still trying to uh, compensate for the... I didn't for get it. For what? I compensate for, for, for Bob. <laughs> I'm not going to touch that. Okay, anyway. Nope. Anyway, so, so it's a scam. Once again, I give my example. If we did the contest with $10,000 on the day we give the check away, we're only giving away $4,682. People go, well, hold on a minute. No, that's not what they said. They said the radio was $10,000. Oh, well, well, that's that's the projected, ac- ac- you know, what is good? What do they call those guys? I said it you before. Did, huh? No, uh, uh, actuarians. What do they call them? I'm the dumbest guy in the world. Actuarians. Actuarials, yes. I, you know, that's what the actuary. I'm going like. I don't believe this. And see, what happens is everybody goes along with this. Okay, well, okay, that's fine. Okay. I mean, we're a bunch of suckers. 
Instead of people down there, you know, in Capitol protesting about abortions and protesting about this, we should have people down there. The lottery is is fixed. When you win the money, you don't really win the money. You win less than that money. Now, wouldn't you love it that if the government said, hey, you owe, you know, $10,000 in back taxes, but you know what? If you just give us $3,000, we'll just call it even. No, they're going to change. They want their $10,000 plus interest, plus penalties. You know what I mean? It's like, they're not taking less. Why should we take less? If you win $2.04 billion in the lottery, why should you take, you know, $997 million? You know what Are I'm they saying? coming to take you away? Yeah, 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 yeah. Did you hear that? I did. Yeah, 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 yeah. <sighs> so did you settle yours with the smartest woman in the world? She sent me something else. Which is why, what well, she says, what? which is why everyone does trusts. See, once again, we've got an expert who's advertising on our stage right now, Kevin Vitale. He's a trust expert. Vitale, yes, VitaleLawSTL.com. And matter of fact, it's pretty interesting because the laws of the United States sometimes can be used for things that the United States doesn't want it to be used for. But anyway, uh, I, I'll, I'll talk about that in a minute. But seriously, if you need, matter of fact, we met with a ye- lady yesterday who uses Kevin Vitale as her attorney, and she has a trust. Remember, she talked about that. Yeah. And she said she, she c- couldn't be happier with Kevin. Check out Kevin. Uh, real easy. Kevin Vitale, spelled common way, V I T A V I. Let me try that again. V I T A L E. Kevin Vitale Law, or no, VitaleLawSTL.com. VitaleLawSTL.com. That's what it is. Okay. Um, do you know there's this crazy thing, and I'll mention this because I shook my head the first time I heard this. I thought, what? Okay, you can have, people talk about you can't have a submachine gun in the United States now. But the interesting thing is you can. Do you know, do you know this story? Do I want to know this story? Well, it's sort of interesting, to me at least is interesting, because it shows how if there's a law, somebody can get around the law. Okay? So... The big thing in firearms right now is silencers are more appropriately called suppressors. And the reason for this is that people won't tell you this, but this allows them to do target practice in their basement. Okay? Uh-huh. I'm, just saying, okay. I'm just saying right now, that's one of the reasons why people are buying suppressors and silencers, whatever you want to call it. And, but they're I- illegal in the United States unless you get a tax stamp. Okay. Unless you get a what? A tax stamp. It's almost to the point where it's like, it's like, what? how did this country get formed? The Boston Tea Party, because why did we have the Boston Tea Party? Because they were putting tax stamps on our tea that came over from England. We had to pay the English, the king of England, a tax for our, our tea, and we, we rebelled against that. But now, if you want to buy certain guns, you have to get a tax stamp, okay? So here's what's interesting. A guy has figured out how to do this. And if you think I'm kidding about this, I am not. This is actually sort of bizarre, weird, and strange. When I first heard this, I thought to myself, I don't know if, if I'm being BS'd or not. You know, it's pretty bad when you they say you can't BS a BSer, right? Okay, so I'm thinking to myself, I am being BS'd. So this guy tells me, he says, if you don't believe me, go out to this place out in West County and you'll see it. So I went out to this place called The Range West. And it's a gun store, and it's uh-huh. a shooting range. Matter of fact, it's it's sort of weird. It's it's it has an address on Manchester, but it's really not on Manchester. It's behind the Wendy's in Ellisville. Okay, I believe it's Ellisville. 
It, and literally, you drive through the Wendy's drive-thru, and you go in the back of the place, and it's across from Vlasic Park, or Vlasis Park, whatever, like the Pickle Park, whatever. You know, I can't remember the I think it's called Pickle <laughs> The Pickle Park? Pickle Park. Vlasic Park. Okay. okay. You're so fun. So if you go in there, and you go back in the one area, there's this kiosk. You think I'm making this up? I'm not. There's a kiosk. And you go and you fill out these forms on the kiosk. It's done like with an iPad. You know, like you fill out forms on iPads and stuff like that. It's done uh-huh. with an iPad and you put your credit card in and it sucks your credit card and charges you like four or $500. And what this does is it does two things. Actually, it does three things. It applies for a permit from the government to get a suppressor. It orders you a suppressor. So in other words, you put in which suppressor you want and it creates... A trust for you. It creates a legal trust for you that when you get your suppressor, the suppressor is not owned by you. It's owned by the trust. So you can't be arrested for having a suppressor. Your trust has a suppressor. And they can't arrest the trust. So I'm going like, I'm going, don't believe this. Honest to God, I went out there. And I thought to myself, I was in the neighborhood. This bought before Christmas. I thought, I don't believe this. And sure enough, here it is. You go back in the gun store. It's back where, if, as a matter of fact, if you've been out to that store before, you go in the front entrance. Uh, and I think the place used to be a bowling alley. It's sort of an interesting place. Big place. Really nice place. Locally owned. A couple guys own it. Wish they'd advertise with us. But anyway, you go back in the back, and it's like on a hallway back toward the restrooms. And here's this little kiosk kind of deal. You, you walk up to it. And when I went out there, there's somebody, in, you know, and there's two people in line. And I said to one guy, I go, what are you doing? He says, I'm registering for my, my, my suppressor. I go, is this for real? He go, yeah, you fill the thing out. And he goes through the whole thing. You fill it out. You, you put your credit card in and sucks your credit card in. It you know, takes money out of your account. And it, A, orders your suppressor. B, files for you know, the tax stamp from the, uh, from the BTAF or BATF, the Bureau of Alcohol, Tobacco, and Firearms. And C, creates a trust. So when they send you your suppressor that you put on your gun, you don't own it. The trust owns it. I'm going like, I can't believe this. Is that bizarre or what? And what they're doing is they're getting around this federal law that you can't own a suppressor. So technically, you don't own the suppressor. Your trust owns the suppressor. You can put your wife on it. You can put your, you know, your girlfriend and your wife on it. You can put your kids on the trust, the whole bit. So the idea being is that when you die... You can just say, well, I'm dead, but my wife's on the trust, so it's her suppressor now. And when she dies, she can say, well, my kids are on the the trust, so when I die, the suppressor goes to my kids. So nobody actually owns it. Isn't that weird? It's brilliant, is what it is. (laughs) I know, but it's going like, I'm I'm going like, who would have thought of this? You know, I mean, like, how do you, you know, once again... And somebody's going to come along and say, well, to hold it, Nancy Pelosi is going to come along and say, that's not right. You shouldn't be able to buy a suppressor. With, well, I'm not buying it. It's my trust. I'm not, I don't own it. I don't own the gun. I own the suppressor. Do you have a trust? No. I don't, do you think anybody trusts me? No, I don't have a trust. I well, trust you. I don't have anything to give to anybody. You know, I'm flat out broke. Who wants, my, who wants my $300 car and my $500 car? Who wants those, right? Nobody, Right. Oh, Brad. I got to get my $500 car fixed. You do? I do. I got to get my, you know. And once again, what's wrong with my $500 car? 
air conditioning. No, my catalytic converter's clogged up. That's what happened to it. Another... Sure, they didn't just steal it? No, no. <laughs> Matter of fact, they would have done me a favor by stealing it because that car would run great now without... The The problem is the catalytic converter gets clogged and your car has... If you ever had this happen, this is the second time this happened to me where a catalytic converter gets clogged up and it's like you can maybe drive eh, 20 miles an hour with your foot to the floor. You know, that's all you can get out of it. That's that's all the, the, the you know, it just, because the exhaust gases have nowhere to go. And the car, and the problem is, if you try to drive for any extended period of time, you burn the engine up because what happens is the exhaust gases don't get out of the engine like they should, and the engine gets hotter and hotter and hotter and hotter and hotter. Pretty soon you burn the engine up, which is, I think, I may have done that in this car because I drove it back from Pacific with a clogged catalytic converter. Yeah, but you also were doing wheelies in the parking lot, I so was. there's that. Uh, Mike Otten said, doesn't make any difference about all this stuff because according to the climate activists, we only have seven and a half years till we're all dead. Right. 2030, wasn't that Global the day? Global warming. 2030, the wasn't that the day? of it all. And he also says, check the tailpipe for a potato. Maybe I can potato my tailpipe. <laughs> That's how that's how a Harley sounds. <laughs> potato, 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 potato. God, those are terrible motorcycles. They are not. <laughs> they are terrible They're motorcycles. Sexy. There's this that sound. Oh my gosh, it just makes me stop in my track. There's this guy on YouTube that's fixing up a V rod. You know what a V rod is? Yes. Okay. And matter of fact, the Harley purists think that Harley went off the tracks when they when they came out with the V rod. If you don't know what the V rod is, the V rod is this very cool looking all chrome motorcycle. It's very sleek looking and it has uh, a Ducati kind of frame. If you know what a Ducati motorcycle is, uh, a Ducati motorcycle, matter of fact, when my son was younger, my son made the observation that a Ducati motorcycle looks like it's made out of Tinker Toys. You know what Tinker Toys are? You know those little round things with the little yes, holes in it? Fred, and, I, I know what Tinker okay, Toys are. That's the way Ducati motorcycle. There's some people in our demographic that doesn't know what they right. are. It, what and for the young folks out there, Tinker Toys were these things. And what she did was you had sticks and you had these connectors. And connectors were these round, like they were like discs, almost like like flat, like, like, like hockey puck kind of things. And they had a bunch of holes cut in them, not in the flat side, but in the round side. So like every 30 degrees or so, every 45 degrees or something like that. So in other words, you can build things and you can have things come out of these connectors as, as at angles. So in other words, you have to build just like with Lego, you have to build everything flat, you know, because you're just stacking bricks and stuff like that. But with, with Tinker Toys, you can build things at angles, okay? So that's what the Ducati motorcycle looks like. And that's what this V-Rod looks like. So the Harley purists went, turned up their nose, oh, V-Rod. Anyways, it's got on YouTube fixing up a V-Rod. I'm telling you, I'm thinking to myself, he bought the thing for $3,000, okay? It wasn't in good shape. He's already put $6,000 in parts into the thing, and it's That's still... That's about right. And it still doesn't run. I'm going like, why would you do that? You know, I mean, you could probably buy a used one for like, what, eight... Here, hold on a minute. I bet... Here, let me go. Your favorite thing. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to put Shelly to the test. Shelly's like the, the Facebook marketplace expert, right? Here, uh -huh. I'm going to go right here. I'm going to go on uh, marketplace... And I'm going to go on search Harley, H-A-R-L-E-Y, V-Rod, V-R-O-D. There it is right there. Here's one for $3,600. <laughs> there it is right there. $3,600. Um, here's one for uh, $6,800, $6,500. 4500 5000 2600 
Here's one 6,500. All these Harley V-Rods. And this guy's put $10,000 in the thing and still doesn't run. Why would you do that? I don't know. That's like me buying a three, $300 car and then putting a transmission in it. Why would I do that? Because that's what you do. That's right. 727. It is BS.show. I'm Shelly. She's Brad. Together we make BS. 732. Um, off the air, Shelly said to me, hey, do you know what today is? International Women's Day? It is. Why are we Why are we working today? Isn't that a holiday? It should be. You think? Yes. Do you know the big controversy which has been going around with Hershey's, the candy bar company? No. You haven't heard this? No. <laughs> God. It's, once again, I, here, I'll get in trouble because people say I'm, I'm making this up. Let me see if I can find the ad. Her, For Hershey's? Yes. It's... You don't know about this big thing? No. Okay, hold on a minute. Uh, Is it raining? Okay, they have this deal where they have this commercial celebrating International Women's Day today. Okay. Um, Here, let me... me, (laughs) So... Like, there's all these different YouTube videos. Okay, Someone's texting me. I think this is Agnes. She's going to get... Yes, it's raining. Okay, she, that's what we see. Thank uh, you. Okay. Thank oh, you. <laughs> okay. Thanks you so much. Okay. Hershey's has this new candy bar that supposedly celebrates International Women's Day, which is today. But the commercial for it has a transgender woman in it. It's a dude who's made up like a woman. So Hershey's is trying to be woke? Well, trying to be. They're like, woke, woke, woke. And the candy bar idea is her, she. Get it? H-E-R-S-H-E. Oh, funny, funny. Her, she. Okay? Yeah. So, so <laughs> and what's bizarre about it is, I explain to me, explain to me why people have nose rings. I don't understand that. Or gauges. I don't understand those either. The transgender woman in this commercial has a nose ring, not like side nose ring, but middle nose ring. You know what I'm talking about? Yes. You know, as opposed to some of the side ones going like one nostril and out the side. This one is like between the two nostrils and the center part of your nose. Yeah. So this, what's interesting is, here, let me do this. <laughs> There's this guy who's come out with, well, let me find it. Uh, here, okay, wait, we're here. Hold, hold on a minute. Okay, hold hold on. Hold on, let me, let me plug my phone back in again. See if it's going to work. Okay. Okay. Here, here's, this is this commercial. This is guy who's anti-Hershey. You ready? I think this is going to play. You ready for this? Oh, it's not going to. And I love an oh, international hold, hold, woman. Okay, hold on, hold on. No, here we go. I'm sorry. In my button for it. Okay, here we go. Now, here, here's, this guy's name is, Captain. this guy's Jeremy. I don't know what his last name is. Okay, here, you ready for this? This is his anti-Hershey commercial. You ready? International Women's Day is upon us again. And I love an international woman. But our friends over at Hershey's, they don't even know what a woman is. They've hired a biological male to be the spokesperson for their Women's Day campaign. And they're calling that campaign, and I swear I'm not making this up, her she. Her she. It's humiliating. And it's the reason that I'm launching Jeremy's Chocolate. We have two kinds. She, her, 
and he him. One of them's got nuts. If you need me to tell you which one it is, keep giving your money to Hershey's. But if you're tired of giving your money to woke corporations that hate you, and you're looking for a delicious chocolate bar from a company that actually wants your business, head over to IHateHershey's.com and order Jeremy's chocolate today. <laughs> I hate Hershey's, and I think to myself, this can't be a real website. And sure enough, it is. It's a real website. Where is you, it really? Yes. You can, it's a real deal. This guy came up with this thing where he's mad at Hershey's because they want, and but I'm thinking to myself, I don't understand that. Now, you as a woman, it's International Women's Day, okay? Why, if you're a big company like Hershey, why would you have, like he says, a biological male who is has not had the operations, so to speak, who is like got all the, the male parts, and once again, I get in trouble. People say, you're not understanding. This is... Okay, I don't understand it. I mean, back in the day... You know, back in the day, there was Renee Richards. And if you know the whole story with Renee Richards, this is going back. You know who Renee Richards is? The name, I, the name does come up in my, my memory banks. Renee Richards was a guy who transitioned to a woman like 30 years ago. This has been a long time ago. And if I'm not mistaken, I think he was. Let me look this up. Um, if I bet you I just type in Renee Richards, R E let me go to Wikipedia. I bet you it's right there. Okay, this will tell you the whole story. This is like nothing new. This has been around for a long time. Uh, Renee R I Renee Richards. Um, yeah, not Renee Renu Russo. Renee Richards. Okay, Renee Russo is an American ophthalmologist and former tennis player who competed on the professional circuit in the seventies and became widely known following male to female sex reassignment surgery when she fought to compete as a woman in the 1976 U.S. Open. Okay? Once again, this is nothing new. This happened in 1976. Born August 19, 1934. Still alive. Age 88, lives in New York City. Let me read this over again. Renee Richards, born August 19, 1934, is an American ophthalmologist, known the words an MD, and former tennis player. And I do remember this. She was like a... She, a you know, he, she, whatever, was like a really good tennis player, but wasn't good enough to play on the men's circuit. So in nineteen in 1970s, had sexual reassignment surgery, essentially, literally had the parts changed uh, from a man to a woman. And then as a she, she fought to compete as a woman in the 1976 U.S. Open. This goes back to 1976. And it's interesting. History does repeat itself. Yes, I know. And and, and um, it talks about uh, Grand Slam results. Uh, the United States Tennis Association began requiring genetic screening for female players that year. She challenged that policy, and the New York Supreme Court ruled in her favor a landmark case in transgender rights. As one of the first professional athletes to identify as transgender, she became a spokesperson for transgender people in sports. After retiring as a player, she quotes Martina, Martina Natravilova, not, I can't, not, not, say that name, Martina Natravilova, anyway, to two Wimbledon titles, Okay. This is 1976. What is that? 50 years ago? Almost 50 years ago? It's a minute. Yeah. I mean, almost 50 years ago. But 48, 47, something like that. Do my math. Okay. Nothing new. There's nothing new. But yet, see, back then, you have to have the actual surgery. Now, if it's 740, I'm a man. And it's 741 when the clock ticks over to 741, I will become a woman. 
right here in the radio, right before your very ears. What, are you going to start whining? <laughs> you said that. I didn't. <laughs> Fran. <laughs> no. no, I'll go, Shelly. <laughs> see, but going back to this thing. Well. If you're, see, here's what I don't understand, okay? What? Essentially, we are in the radio business, which is a form of broadcasting, Okay. Broad uh-huh. meaning, as opposed to narrow, broad meaning like you want as many people to listen as possible. In other words, we're not trying to talk to three people like our audience. We're trying to talk to three million people. And ultimately, if we had a national radio station like Sirius XM or something like that, we could talk to the entire country at the exact same time with our broadcast, okay? So in other words, if you're a company, what are you trying to do? You're trying to appeal. It's 741, by the way. I'm a woman now. If you're if you're a company, aren't you trying to appeal to the largest possible audience out there, right? Yes. Okay. Right now, the transsexual, transgender, whatever one is, it's probably less than 1% of the entire population of the United States. Less than 1%. If somebody has any numbers any different than that, please tell me. But it can't be more than 1%. Maybe 2%. Let's give it 2%. So if you're a company, why would you want to target 1% of your potential customer base? If you're Ford Motor Company and you come on and say, hey, we've got a new Bronco, and this Bronco is only for women who are four feet tall, are shorter, and who have red hair and green teeth. You go like, why, why would Ford come out with a car that's targeted at like maybe 0.0009% of the population? Why would you do that? I mean, you know, it doesn't make any sense. It's like Schnook saying, hey, all our stores today, the only people that could come in our stores are men who are over seven feet tall. And you go like, okay, is there going to be like one guy in each store? You yeah. Know? I mean, like, you know, it's, it's the basketball team from, from SLU going to show up. I don't even know if they have any seven-footers. You know, but, but you know, what are you going to have? You know, they, a couple NBA guys fly into town going like, hey, man, Schnooks is, is open to us tall guys today. It's like, I don't get it. You know, Have and, you ever dated anybody with green teeth? Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. No, I mean, seriously. I don't know back, how they get to have green back, teeth. Back in high school. Sarah Greenteeth, man. We loved her. She was great. Oh, be quiet. <laughs> I really did. Everybody talked I, about I, Sarah Greenteeth. I, I couldn't continue the relationship. <laughs> what's but... that what's that what's that line in 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 Easy Rider, Charlie Daniels? You know <laughs> you know what I'm talking about? No. <laughs> Somebody help me with that. There's a line. You know the you know the song Easy Rider? You know I, I do, but I don't remember it. Or, or no, what is it is it here is it that here, let me look that up. Charlie. So you sent me on these on you know, I go on these Charlie Daniels. Oh no, it's called Uneasy Rider. That's what it is. Une, Charlie Daniels, Uneasy. You know, you and yeah, uneasy rider. Okay, <laughs> let me see. <laughs> Here's the lyrics. Here, let me hear full lyrics. Okay, uh, I went. I, I stuffed my hair up under my head. I told the bartender that I had a flat, and would he be kind enough to give me a change for one? There was one thing I was sure proud to see. There wasn't a soul in the place except for me, and he just looked disgusted and pointed toward the phone. I called up the station down the road a ways, and a guy wasn't very busy today. He said he'd come in in just about ten minutes or so. Um, 
just order up a beer, sat down at the bar when some guy walked up and said, who owns this car with the peace sign, the mag wheels, and four on the floor? Well, he looked at me, and I damn near died. I decided that I'd just wait outside, so I laid a dollar on the bar and headed for the door. Just when I thought I'd get out there with my skin, these five big dudes come strolling in with this one old drunk guy and some fellow with green teeth. There it is right there. <laughs> it's in the song. I knew I remembered it from that. You've never heard this song before? I never have. Uneasy Rider? You've never heard Uneasy Rider? Oh, my no. God. It's Charlie Daniels doing rap. Really? Yes. Charlie, I've never heard that. Char- I'm, Charlie, I'm a Charlie Daniels fan. Charlie Daniels doing rap. And you think I'm getting. Do me uh, a favor, okay? In the break. Is that a Friday song? Oh, you know, no, no, no. I, well, what? No, it's it's too long. It's like eight minutes long. It's like a super. It's, here, let me look at it. Is it fast? They played it. This was like in power rotation back in the day. This is a Casey song. This is a Casey song oh. they played all the time. All the time, all the time, it was like it was like a huge here. Um, yeah, here it is, right here. She sent me the. Um, she sent me here's the here's the video. Yeah, Charlie Daniels, Uneasy Rider. So to me, that particular song has like. Um, 1973. Yeah. yeah. Yes, and it's Charlie Daniels rapping, and I'm not kidding. I mean, I gave those lyrics. He's not singing so, those lyrics. He is. He was talking those lyrics. It starts out, here's the, I was taking a trip out to L.A., tooling along in my Chevrolet, toking on a number and digging on the radio. Just as I crossed the Mississippi line, I heard that highway start to whine, and I knew that left rear tire was about to go. Well, the spare was flat, and I got up tight because there wasn't a filling station in sight, so I just limped down the shoulder on the rim. I went as far as I could, and when I stopped the car, I was right in front of this little bar, a little redneck place called the Do Drop In. He's sure rapping. That wasn't called... Uh... <laughs> What was that called? Stovalls. Yes. Are you sure Charlie Daniels wasn't working on one one hundred? Well, it's funny you should mention that because one hundred and and then him and who was that Brooks and Dunn? Yeah, Charlie Daniels was in that construction crew, and he That's what I thought he did go to Stovalls with Brooks and Dunn near the county line. No, okay, this is do me a favor. Okay, I'm going to take a break here. Grab uh-huh. your phone, go on YouTube, pull up the song "Uneasy Rider" Charlie Daniels, and listen to it, and and tell me if he ain't rapping. Okay. Okay. He's not it's singing. Been sent to me. He's so. not. Has someone sent it to you? Yeah. He's not singing. He's rapping. Charlie Daniels, you know the incredibly talented musician who was incredibly talented singer and and violin player, uh, fiddle player, I guess you call him. I will tell you my personal Charlie Daniels story. Okay, of how okay. I and I will tell you how I was so impressed with Charlie Daniels to this day. I will tell you the story about this, and it's actually a very positive story. Okay, next break, you listen to the song and tell me if he ain't rapping "Uneasy Rider." Okay, okay, okay. We're, <laughs> that's your homework. Okay, you got about four minutes. Okay, it is seven forty-seven. It is BS dot show. I'm Shelly. She's Brad. Together we make BS. Okay, have you done your homework assignment yet, Shelly? Yes, I have. Okay. Is that Charlie Daniels rapping or is that Charlie Daniels rapping? It's it's more of a co- country rap than it is a rap rap. But he's rapping, right? He's not singing. He's I, rapping. No, it's more well, he, folksy. Well, but he's not singing. He's rapping because what do rappers rap? They rap. They rhyme. They rhyme. They rhyme. You know what I mean? 
Yeah, but he doesn't have a rap beat. Well, but... He does say some things that probably shouldn't be played <laughs> well, on air. Are you ready for this? <laughs> Mike Otten sent me, and I do remember this. Mike Otten sent me this. He came out in 1988 with Uneasy Rider 88, where he goes to a gay bar. <laughs> well, this... Yeah, well, that was the end of the song. <laughs> Did you listen to the whole thing? Yes. Right, right, right. Okay. So, <laughs> so it's, he That's talks so about, funny. he says, I was feeling dry and I said, think we ought to stop and get ourselves a drink. And old Jim said, yeah, because we got time to kill. We kept on rolling and seen this spot. And we pulled into the parking lot of this place called the Cloud Nine Bar and Grill. We walked through the door and the place was jammed. The lights were low. They had a punk rock band and some orange-haired fellow singing about suicide. I said, Jim, this ain't our kind of place. He said, well, just have one round anyway. So against my better judgment, we walked on inside. We went up to the bar and sat down. This fellow walked up and said, I'll buy this round. And he sat down on the bar stool next to Jim. He looked like a girl, but he talked like a guy. He had lipstick and mascara in his eyes. And everybody in that place looked just about like him. I won't go any further. <laughs> this is 1988. Charlie Daniels. Okay. I can't remember the year. This is a long time ago. We had Charlie Daniels on our radio station, the old KSLQ. And he had came out with a new album. And back in the day, Charlie Daniels was sort of like mainstream. You know, In the years, probably the last 20, 30 years of his career, he became pretty much country. But back in the day, he had a lot of top 40 hits. Okay. Devil went down to Georgia with like a top 40 hit, which is like everybody played that song. So he had a new album came out. And... We had a chance to have him come into St. Louis and sign records at Peaches Records. Oh, out on, really? Out on Manchester. This out in the Manchester one out there. Not on Chambers. No, one up in Manchester. One out in, on Ellisville. Ellisville Ball and someplace out there in Manchester, near west of 141. You know, once you get west of 141, they all look the same. Okay. <laughs> anyway, wow. He shows up and he couldn't have been a nicer guy. He comes and he's talking, he's shaking all the hands, all the people at the radio station. And the deal was, we're saying, hey, you know, promos in here. Hey, come out and, and you know, meet Charlie Daniels, have him autograph anything you want. So we're thinking, eh, you know, 20, 30 people show up. There were close to, and I'm not exaggerating, a thousand people that showed up. It was, if it wasn't a thousand, it was close to a thousand people. So we're going like, and once again, we said, he's going to autograph stuff. So we had this little area set up. And keep in mind, this is in the summer. This is like in July. And we're out in the parking lot, an asphalt parking lot in front of Peaches right there in Manchester. It's blaring down sun. It's like hotter than the face of the earth. And he's, he got, you know, he's in his long sleeve shirt, long, you know, long pants, cowboy boots, cowboy hat. He sits down at this table and he says, okay, I'm ready. So it was supposed to last for two hours, like a two-hour meet and greet. Hey, come on, meet Charlie Daniels between noon and two or something like that. At two o'clock, he's maybe a third of the way through the line. So his his handler, he's like, dude from the record coming, hey, Charlie, it's two o'clock, we got to go. And Charlie looks at him and says, son, I'm not leaving till everybody gets an autograph. We were there for six hours. I mean, cool. I mean, it was, he signed every stinking thing. I mean, and what's so funny about it is some company that was doing, we had a sound system set up and the whole bit, and it was so hot, and the guy was like from a sound company down the street or something like that. I can't remember what it was, but the guy was close. His amplifier kept overheating, so the amplifier would crap out. He'd get in his car, drive down the street to his shop, come back with another one, plug it in. Our sound system came back up. 
we're on like the fourth amplifier. It was so hot. And we're all just dripping with sweat. And here's Charlie. People coming up to the desk. Hey, Charlie. Hey, thanks. Thanks for coming out today. You know, I mean, he wasn't, he was like Mr. Nice Guy with every single person sitting there signing every single autograph, albums, you know, signing people's shirts, signing people's hands, signed, you know, signed the autograph in the guy's cheek, you know, with a Sharpie, you know, I mean, just bizarre weird stuff. And I'm talking to myself, this is a real dude. You know what I mean? This guy is the real deal. You know, somebody like, I won't mention names, but you can probably think of somebody who would show up. Oh, there's, there's so many people. I don't want to touch them. I want to, sh-. he'd shake hands, you know. And this was like way before the selfie thing with like phones and things like that. A couple people did come with cameras. I mean, you know, back in the day, you know, that's why nowadays, you know, you, you something happens and there's 14,000 pictures of it and 32,000, you know, videos of it. Back in the day, things happened and no, nobody took a picture of it because nobody had a camera. Well, some people did, but not many people. So, and to this day, there is a picture um, and I can't, it's, it's on a couple different websites. It might be somewhere in my website of me and Don Jefferson, a bunch of other guys from the radio station in Peaches. We went inside to take this picture. Actually, I think we took the picture before the autograph session started of me and Charlie Daniels, a bunch of other guys. I think Joel Denver is there, my old boss, who now who 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 blocked me on Twitter, but that's all another story. Uh, anyway, we're all there with Charlie Daniels, and I'm telling you, I walked away from that, and every one of us at the radio station said, you know, I mean, to a person, they all said. God, he's the nicest guy, and he was only supposed to be there for two hours. He spent six hours signing the autograph, and he had to be sweating his butt off because most of us were, like, in short sleeve shirts. matter of fact, I know I was. I was in, like, my KSOQ baseball shirt that had, you know, it was just like a short sleeve, like, almost like a baseball jersey kind of thing. You know, thin cotton shirt, you know, with, like, blue jeans or something like that. And he sat there the entire six hours, didn't complain, didn't hold it. And six hours, he gets in his, they had a van, pick him up, and, or maybe it might have been a limousine, I can't remember. And away he went. Couldn't have been a nicer guy. Why aren't there more people like that? I don't know. I wish there were more people like that. Well, you know, we're, we're almost done. International Women's Day, what are you going to do to celebrate? You're going to go buy a Hershey's candy bar? <laughs> yes, I am, actually. Because <laughs> I'm all about that candy. <laughs> okay. Uh, anything to f- uh, follow up with, finish up with today? What day is today, Brad? It's hump day. Hump day. It's hump yeah. Day. Mike, 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 Mike. What day is it? It's hump day. Yes, hump right. day. Yeah. 7.59. Have a great day, everybody. Brad, it's been a slice of heaven as usual. Peace and I fly. Um, Char- the smartest woman in the world says, Charlie Daniels never raps, so she's with you. It, yeah. Ladies and gentlemen, go on. You can't say it anymore because Disney banned that. Did you know Disney banned ladies and gentlemen? You can't say that anymore. Did you know that? What? You can't. In the Disney parks, they used to say, ladies and gentlemen, now they don't say that. Boys anymore. and girls, yeah. Right. They that's gone. They took that out. Did you know that? So we can't say it? No. So anyway, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, go listen to Uneasy Rider on YouTube and tell me if Charlie Daniels isn't rapping and we'll talk about it tomorrow. It is seven fifty nine. It's a folky song.
Have you heard about Salt River Automotive? Not only are we open for business and ready to serve you, we are sponsors of the BS in the Morning Show on Westplex 107.1. Check us out on Facebook at Salt River Automotive LLC. See you soon.